the average consumer now carries out at least two transactions online each day. Amazed? Well, we have some more such fascinating facts coming up. Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Retail Story, a podcast series that explores how technology is transforming retail from both the business and consumer perspectives. Each episode in this series will feature conversations with technology leaders and domain experts who would talk about challenges retailers face and ways to address them. Some new and emerging trends in the industry and the digital strategies that retailers are implementing today to win customers and stay ahead of the game. I am your host, Meenu Manisha Babel, and today I have with me Mr. Omar Ali from Middle East. Omar is a seasoned product management professional. He has over 16 years of work experience in creating digital consumer experiences that translate to higher engagement, loyalty, and revenue. He's an expert at developing web, mobile, platform, and IoT. Thank you so much, Mr. Omar, and welcome to the podcast. It is great to have you and looking forward to an insightful conversation today. Thank you so much for having me, Mino. It's a pleasure to be a part of the podcast. Awesome. Thanks. To begin our conversation, I'd like to ask, um, could you please tell me a bit more about your background, experiences, and what excites you the most about retail and the digital customer experience space? Yes, sure. Um, so I've been working in the digital CX space for over a decade now. Um, I started my career being a customer service agent. Uh, then e-commerce was, was always a point of interest to me. And uh, from there, I naturally evolved into being a product manager because I wanted to own things, the ones that I was working on. Um, so, and now I'm actually a full-time product manager running e-commerce products. Um, I've been working in various industries, including B2B e-commerce, travel, automotive, classifieds, e-government, and now I'm in, in retail. Uh, the thing that excites me uh, the most is uh, like this is space where I work. It, it, it's like it's it's constantly uh, getting innovations. Uh, there is an evolution of technology. Uh, with with evolution, it comes with with new opportunities, uh, new opportunities to meet uh, customer needs and exceed their expectations. And uh, what interests me the most is is the intersection of data. Uh, with technology and CX uh, in general, and how we as uh, you know organizations or, or product people can leverage that data to drive growth and uh, customer loyalty. Awesome, awesome. Uh, just uh, discussing about like a current state, we just entered a new financial year. So what? How, according to you, you know, uh, is the state of retail specifically in 2023? Yeah, so retail uh, this time around, like uh, it, it, it has multiple challenges, like given all the geopolitical scenarios that are happening. Um, but it also comes up with, with, with so many opportunities that, you know, that were not offered earlier. Uh, digitally, uh, we feel that, uh, you know, more 
retail uh, companies are now opting for personalization experiences. Uh, they are now, you know, the, the customers of, of, of all such products are expecting uh, personalized experiences across all touch points from the discovery to purchase and beyond. Just to summarize this, customers now have multiple options and what they're looking for is, 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 a, is, a, is a simpler solution that can fulfill their needs. Uh, like it, it, like it, it can come down to any, any shopping app that you see out there. Uh, and, and I feel like, uh, like companies who are, who are unable to prioritize personalization, they are like on, on the risk of losing customers to competitors who are, you know, providing more tailored experiences. Um, so yeah, I feel personalization is, is where, you know, uh, I feel most of the of, of the retail digital organizations are moving to in 2023, and uh, that's where the focus is going to be. Very true. I I do agree. Like uh, uh, like from discovery to purchase and beyond, uh, it's a very competitive market. And yes, the customers are spoiled for choice. So, what does it take to acquire and retain customers today? And how can the retailers grow their customer base in this intensively competitive market? Yes, you're right. So like, as you earlier said, like these days, uh, uh, like retail market is intensely competitive. Uh, and in order to acquire customers and retain customers, uh, we have to present them with personalized experiences. Um, and it's, it's, it's getting increasingly important now. By personalized experiences, I mean, we need to, you know, like companies need to enable uh, the teams to leverage uh, customer data, uh, look at advanced analytics, um, see how can, you know, the, the personalized experiences that you're creating are meeting customer needs, uh, and even ex exceeding those, those needs at, at times. Um, I can I can quote an example here, like for example, recommending a, a product based on customer past purchases seems to be quite simple, but understanding based on mm -hmm. the frequency of a certain product that a customer has bought and then recommending that might add another value and that would exceed customer's expectation when they are you know coming back to uh, the platform to buy the same product. So right. uh, uh, so just by accumulating customers' past purchase data, looking at their browsing history, we can increase the chances of, you know, improving customer satisfaction, which would directly impact uh, to, 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 to the overall in NPS. And, you know, the, these recommendations would also help retailers stand out in a, in a, in a very crowded and, and competitive market out there, because uh, at the end of the day, you are looking to build some sort of a brand loyalty, right? Uh, yes. uh, and any 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 retailer, any 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 such company that is prioritizing personalization um, uh, would would be better positioned to succeed in acquiring and retaining customers in the long run. Very true, very true. So, uh, like you mentioned about leveraging customer data and you know the advanced analytics and how uh, we move from data silos to organized and classified data to maybe stitched uh, across you know platforms and. So much more like when we talk about data. So what types of data do you think are essential 
to personalize commerce experiences and what is the role of ai machine learning in enabling that kind of personalization yes i, I guess there are multiple touch points uh, mm -hmm. i guess retailers must collect and analyze data of of customers including their demographics um, such as their age their gender location uh, along with with past purchase history browsing and preferences wherever they, those are collected uh, it is only by analyzing such data uh, and you can only by analyzing such data you can you know create detailed uh, customer profiles which would then help the business uh, better understand their customers and anticipate their needs uh, and to just do all of this i guess ai is 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 the way forward um so ai and ml uh, machine learning technologies are are critical to such analysis and and processing of of such vast amount of customer data uh and 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 there are there are multiple algorithms that you know that can help you uh come up with with certain uh analysis on how to mm -hmm. make use of that data in in, in mm -hmm. the right way right right uh very true. Uh, coming back to uh, like different stages of a customer journey, uh, how can retailers deliver personalization at uh, you know the exploration stage, decision stage, uh, purchase stage, or even beyond like loyalty and all? Uh, and how can AI ML power this like even further? So I would say retailers, uh, you know, can. Uh... So it comes down to the customer data again. Uh, if, if we begin with the exploration stage, uh, right. mm -hmm. over there, I, I guess retailers can start by by recommending certain content based on customers' previous history or or the demographics as we spoke earlier. Uh, because this stage, uh, the customer is just exploring the products and and the services offered by the retailer. Uh, they're just exploring and not not performing action. Uh, things right. do start to get a little interesting when they are in the decision stage. That's where uh, customers are, are are kind of expecting uh, more more relevant product recommendations or or personalization mm -hmm. uh, algorithms to chip in. Mm -hmm. uh, and 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 even then, even on the on the on the decision stage, there are times when when we feel that the customers are a bit in, indecisive at this stage. So. And when we know that you know that they're they're following uh, they're actually following a certain path on on the funnel, uh, we at that point of time certain product recommendations or certain content actually boosts their uh, their their decision making capability and in you know make them uh, a paying customer or, or help them uh, purchase a, a certain item or just you know increase the chances of a purchase uh, mm -hmm. right. uh, uh that that uh, i i guess uh, is 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 important in, in the decision stage if you look at the purchase stage i think that's that's one of the very crucial part of the funnel it's it's where you know as as a customer i have all the items that i wanted uh from from a certain uh, section of of the app or from from a certain category but mm -hmm. here what i might also be looking for is something that might go well with with the product that i I've, I've already added into my card something that can be cross fed or right. you know some things that you know people who bought an item that i was looking at or that i am buying right now and they actually coupled it with 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 another product so mm -hmm. um i i feel i feel 
and and this is where like we've been experiencing as well like right at the card or at the point of where you're checking out we do give them a final nudge saying that hey you know you since you've bought certain items would you like to buy again an item that you might have missed right now in the cart but you have mm -hmm. bought earlier and mm -hmm. people do get to add that item in into their carts so it's just to summarize this by by like if you suggest relevant products or services during the mm -hmm. purchase process you can increase the average order value and improve uh, customer section uh, customer satisfaction and finally yeah and finally just the the, the loyalty stage right which is i think the 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 the, the final stage uh, mm -hmm. it's where we we have to like retailers in general can personalize the customer experience by providing exclusive offers and personalized messaging and content to encourage repeat uh, business from a certain customer and you know enhance uh, the brand loyalty that the customer has towards them uh, at this stage we would already know that the customer is already loyal customer right um, for for that certain product and now uh like the product is in like the retailers are in, in, in a certain position where they are leveraging that uh relationship with the customer to provide certain exclusive offers and and you know just uh bring more stickiness to 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 that brand loyalty that the customer has um so yeah i would say these these are are the few points that i would see uh are like how retailers can kind of you know personalized throughout the different stages of the customer journey. Right, right. So true. And uh, coming back to the uh, metrics that you shared that, yes, we do have a Forrester report, uh, which says that 53% of digital experience delivery professionals said uh, they lack the right technology uh, for personalizing experiences. So how can uh, retailers make an informed buying decision uh, how can you know uh, uh, the commerce teams build a business case so that investments in such personalization technologies is increased eventually uh, to you know increase the odd average order value the experience of the customer uh, the revenues lift yeah yeah no you're right i think uh, with with so many personalization vendors in the market i think retailers can make a really informed buying decision uh, by conducting a, a thorough uh, research, market research, and uh, evaluate vendors based on the technology, the infrastructure, the data capabilities, and most importantly, the track record of, 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 of this platform's success. I think as, as a retailer, like, it should also be considered the, like, the vendor's ability to integrate with their existing technology stack uh, whether the vendor provides an ongoing support and training, I think that's that's quite important. And only after conducting such an evaluation, uh, I guess uh, retailers can can select the vendor and you know understand the meet, uh, the needs that uh, it, it meets uh, for their digital aspirations and and, and personalization in general. I think just to just to build a business use case um, for you know, just to onboard a personalization uh, stack, I think uh, before even investing in in, in personalization uh, platforms, I think the e-commerce teams should 
first understand the benefits that they're looking to reap out of personalization in general. And those have to be linked right. to certain key metrics. Uh, it can, like we can debate on, on what those metrics can be, but just on the, on, in the top of my head, I guess uh, in like increasing customer loyalty is one, a higher AOV is one, uh, improved customer satisfaction or NPS scoring is is another indication that you know you might want to go and you can leverage personalization through that. And on top of that, I think e-commerce teams should should also conduct a cost benefit analysis to evaluate the ROI uh, of, of of personalization tech and you know demonstrate the 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 financial benefits of investing in personalization platforms in general. And I think these inputs would obviously create a strong business case and uh, I, I guess uh, that would you know help any 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 team get a buy-in from from their leaderships to to start implementing personalization i would say and uh, then there can be uh, you know uh, multiple approaches to it but i i feel uh, just embarking on 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 you know such a journey where you are uh, integrating personalization for the first time i think these are the the most important points that you would need to consider in your business case can't agree more amar uh, like uh, you did mention about the loyalty satisfaction nps these are the quality parameters not many retailers would be emphasizing that and when we talk about personalization, it is kind of an iceberg. 20% is the AOV, all the re uh, revenue uplift. 80, 85% is just below, which is not seen, which is these uh, indirect impact that it would have on the brand, on the customer loyalty, satisfaction, and long-term association. Uh, even uh, when you talked about uh, like the experiences enriched further, so it is kind of a guided uh, uh, you know, interface for a customer, be it cross-sell, be it bundling. So how uh, can retailers, and maybe you can give an example or uh, any situation that you might have had where you, know, you were able to prioritize these commerce touch points and how uh, like from beginning your personalization journey for your company, and how have you progressed in terms of maturity curve? Yeah, so we prioritized uh, uh, personalization based on four factors, right? So the, the, the main factor was uh, like, the main driving force were, was the business goals that we had. Uh, we were also looking at the technical feasibility, but in parallel, we were also, you know, focusing on the impact on the CX and, uh, just looking at ways on how to enhance uh, customers uh, customers' experience on our platform by just showing them uh, the products that they preferred and you know just somehow understand their behavior and and you know uh, help them uh, go through their journey uh, on the product uh, much seamlessly. So uh, we were looking at obviously, the technical feasibility is first. So we wanted to understand where all it, like the, the personalization platform is going to integrate and what all the touch points would be. Uh, some mm -hmm. touch points may be easier to personalize than others, like retailers 
can prioritize uh, those that are feasible and and you know easily uh, implementable and cost effective. But there are others like, for example, uh, when we say uh, content personalization, it requires a lot of investment from multiple stakeholders, right? So those can be prioritized in in in, in a different way. But if you look at uh, and in in terms of the business goals that we were trying to set, we were like our goal was to just increase online sales, and uh, we we were like analyzing the whole journey, and we were coming up with as many touch points as possible uh, uh, for our customers to just help them ease through the shopping process, so that they don't have to search for the items that. You know, we know that they're going to buy. Like it should just pop in front of them, and they should be just able to add those items seamlessly. Um, what we wanted to do when we say that we wanted to have an impact on our customer experience, we wanted to reduce the friction um, that our customers might have when they were using our apps. So, uh, like, if if I know if I'm a grocery retail, I and and if I'm a repeat customer of, of such an app, I wouldn't want to go and search for the same item that I, I I continue to buy every other week. I want the platform to know what I've been buying and then showcasing that right in front of me so that, you know, I would just have to do a single tap and with another tap, I can just go and quickly check out. This is what we focused on and it has given us great outcomes. Uh, for example, uh, we uh, we personalize the whole buy again experience uh, for our customers. Um, so we are an omni-channel uh, organization. So if you go and buy offline or online, we mm-hmm. we we merge your uh, buying history um, into to in in your buy again section, which is powered through uh, product recommendations. Uh, so what we do is we just showcase those items right on the home page very prominently to our returning customers and it has given us great results uh we have gained good ctr out of that section and uh, the revenues from just this one section are are really promising so we understood that uh you know if if, if i'm there to buy uh, a pack of milk i don't have to go and search mm-hmm. for a pack of milk the platform mm-hmm. should know what pack of milk have i bought last time what brand is my preference and build propensity around the product and the category and show me that uh, right right there so that I can just quickly buy that. And uh, something that we are experimenting uh, now is um, uh, since we know the kind of products that you as a customer uh, is, is buying from our platform, mm-hmm. we are now also focusing on creating some sort of a category level propensity where we understand that you, whenever you land, you buy from these two two or three or four categories most of the times, right? So if, if I have some offers that you might be interested in, I would like to showcase you those offers right in front of you so that there are greater chances of you getting, uh, um, getting converted into a paying customer. I think retailers must understand their business objectives and their technical feasibility is to come up with certain CX uh, initiatives. And then I think like factoring all these points together, we can have a good personalization journey. So true, uh, Omar, so true. 
uh, I do uh, like being a customer myself and into the retail uh, industry, I do understand like, you know, uh, having that sync of online, offline or omni-channel presence is so important. If today I have bought something, definitely I would want the app or the website to record it. So again, we come back to data and then the disruptions, like the level of uh, personalization that currently you are into. It's so exciting to, uh, you know, think about the roadmap, like the category level, or maybe using even deep dive affinities of a user. So just around that, uh, what are uh, some of the emerging commerce and, you know, consumer behavior trends from customer point of view and how retailers should be preparing themselves? for the coming years yeah so as a as, as a product manager specializing in, in personalization i would recommend retailers to you know prepare uh for hyper personalization uh for uh personalization using augmented reality uh for personalization using social proofing uh, and also while doing all these key points, also focusing on the sustainable and ethical shopping factor, right? Because we don't want customers to feel as if we are overselling them. We want to maintain that line or, or the retailers might want to maintain that line where, you know, the options that they see are the ones that they're looking for. And while they are searching for it, we continue to nudge the customers with certain value added products or maybe cross sell them with with certain other products that they might want to buy so i would say hyper personalization is uh is 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 where uh the focus should be uh it is to you know it it, it all comes down to the customers the customers these days are are increasingly expecting uh, personalized experiences across all touch points uh, from product recommendations to marketing messages, right? So mm -hmm. I would suggest retailers should leverage AI and, and, and machine learning technologies mm -hmm. to, you know, that offer hyper-personalized experiences uh, to meet uh, individual customer needs and preferences. Like for example, we've implemented mm -hmm. a use case where now we understand um, uh, the, the gender and the age of the customer who's, who's logged in and who's browsing right now. So uh, for, for, for a lady who's searching on, like who's, who has landed on her homepage, we would not show mm -hmm. her any, any, any product that might not be related to her. But for, for, for a guy who comes to, to, uh, to our homepage, we might show mm -hmm. uh, the, like the couple of a few banners that you see on the top. Those might be related to categories that are more linked to men as as compared to women so um that's that's how we are you know kind of leveraging uh if, i i won't call it hyper personalization it's just very very basic um uh right, aspect right. of personalization but mm -hmm. we are deep diving into you know uh starting to leverage um, uh, the age group of the customer uh because there are certain products that i might not be interested in because i'm i'm not that old but uh, there are certain customers who might not mm -hmm. want to see sunglasses popping up right. every time because they don't want them, 
right? So, um, right. so leveraging their age data or the, the age group, I would say, is important. And also in our scenario, uh, with, with growth retail, we are also focusing on nationalities. So we 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 do uh, take this input from from the customers. So, for example, for for uh, for a customer who's a French uh, customer might be searching for certain French product. It, there is no point of you know uh, sharing with them um, Italian products, for example, right? Right. So right. Uh, so we would need so if if I'm there and 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 also we've kind of realized that. Uh, such customers might not even know how to search uh, their ethnic products, ethnic grocery products. So uh, we've built product recommendations around their ethnicity as well, so that you know they can just have a quick start. So this is, my, I guess, where uh, hyper personalization is leading us to. I would say with with everything that's happening in metaverse now, AR, uh, augmented reality based uh, shopping experiences are now you know, uh, coming mm -hmm. into, into picture as well. Uh, I guess it would just allow customers to visualize the products much better before making a purchase. And I guess that can be another thing that uh, retailers can, can, can choose to implement. Uh, and then social proofing, I think it, it has been there for, for, for some time, but uh, mm -hmm. I think um, uh, this would continue to be there. Uh, and I guess retailers should be focusing on, on social proofing because at times when as customers you've seen that you know you're, you're buying something but you are influenced by what other people have bought and what other people have thought about that product right and that kind of influences your decision as well to you know make make a, a shopping decision so uh, with, with 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 such uh, uh, with such inputs you validate customers uh, opinion you you validate their 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 decisions I think social proofing is, is is going to be quite important with any any retail e-commerce platform uh, in the future, and it still is. And I think at, at the end, uh, when it comes to sustainable and ethical uh, shoppings, I think customers are 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 becoming more conscious about about the impact of their purchasing decisions on the environment and society. I think. Uh, what retailers should also prioritize is, is sustainable and ethical practices uh, with their products and marketing, you know, just to meet uh, customer expectations. Like, for example, we recently um, stopped using any plastic bags as, as part of a policy. So we, we mentioned that clearly that it's not there because it's impacting the environment. So it, it's not there. I think these are the few uh, emerging trends, and I, I, I kind of feel confident that if retailers can, you know, adapt to these, I think they can stay ahead uh, of the competition and, you know, provide more personalized, engaging and sustainable shopping experience for their customers. So true, so true, Omar. Uh, I'm like, you know, uh, really glad that you brought in sustainability and being ethical, not over personalizing. So there's a very thin line between, you know, personalizing and overwhelming a customer with, uh, you know, things which might not be relevant, things which are not sustainable. So uh, this is something like, you know, uh, uh, we should be brainstorming, maybe we should be adopting as a culture and moving forward with the trend. Uh, very, very nicely, beautifully, uh, you know, put for, forward by you. 
Uh, one last question before we, uh, you know, end this conversation, very interesting conversation, let me tell you. Uh, what was the, you know, aha moment for you in the history of retail, uh, maybe from when you began uh, your career until now? And how do you see that, you know, the aha moment to be, uh, uh, let's say, three years down the line? So I can I can recall one experience that I just had, and I sure. I, I call that aha aha, aha experience. Uh, so what uh, what we did was um, so we like in, in grocery retail uh, when a customer is on a on a buying spree, you have to make sure that what the customer is searching for is what the customer is seeing at that point of time. If you don't show the mm -hmm. customer the right product with the right quantity available the customer is going to churn and you know just uh, find another other platform to buy that same product so what we wanted to do was uh, in the whole uh, buy again experience that we created we understood that there are certain items where you know you might have bought them either online or offline but when you come and you know try to buy them again they might be out of stock because of your location, because of where you want them delivered, because of the timing, et cetera, et cetera. What we did was we, initially we thought, let's maybe not tell that this is out of stock or maybe just let's hide the product altogether. But what we ended up with was we wanted to be very transparent with our customers and tell them that we respect your decision to go with the brand, with a certain product, with a certain quantity but we regret to inform you that this is out of stock. But we didn't want it to stop there. We wanted the, the journey to continue. So what we did was we came up with a replacement flow that was powered by personalization again. So uh, we knew that a certain pack of milk is out of stock, but mm -hmm. the same brand with a certain different, uh, uh, I wouldn't say, uh, the size of, of 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 the packaging is different, but there are certain other other options that you can go and 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 you know opt for. So we did this experiment, and it has been a, a like I would say a, 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 it has been a success. Uh, we've seen uh, a CTR of over sixty percent, where customers have opted to the substitution uh, model that we came up with using recommendations. Um, uh, sixty percent of the customers actually opted for those products, which validates the the recommendations that we were giving them. So this actually, you know, made the whole shopping experience uh, or, or or the journey of the customers really flawless, and it was seamless for them. So if if they, they, they were there for some milk and it was out of stock, we said we are sorry it's out of stock, but here are some other milks that you might want to and have a look they are of the same price point we are not oh. you know we are not trying to mm -hmm. get more from you we understand that you bought something for for five dollars for example so what we've done is in the recommendations we've also put a check a price check and a brand check and a category check so that i don't recommend you stuff yeah. from multiple sections mm -hmm. and this has been a, a huge success and um, the customers are engaging with that platform really well and even like I've, we've spoken to certain customers who've said that we only come to your app uh, to use, just use the buy again section because that's what we want. We don't search for anything. It's it's all there. 
So that for me and uh, the team that I work with, this was uh, um, uh, an aha moment for us. And we really cherish this, this, uh, this success. Awesome, awesome, Omar. I come to, uh, you know, share a very uh, small but very meaningful quote by my manager. Uh, small is big. Like these are the small things which make huge impact. And like, be it the customer, be it the retailer, beginning small and then, you know, uh, uh, integrating them together to make that huge impact. Awesome, awesome, awesome conversation. And thank you so much, Omar, for these valuable insights. And I'm so enthused and, you know, excited uh, about what is ahead of us, not just as a retailer, but as a customer as well. And yeah, thank you so much for your time, Omar. Thank you so much for having me. It was a lovely conversation. Awesome. And thank you to our wonderful, wonderful audience. Uh, thanks for tuning in today. And thanks for listening to the one of many, many podcast series coming up ahead. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Don't forget to subscribe to The Retail Story. The show is available on all major platforms, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned for next episodes for more insights and perspectives from the world of retail. Until then, take care, stay safe, and stay healthy.